Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You beloved are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, listen. We are going to be talking about the dangers of the Hebrew Roots Movement. Some of you may ask, what is that? Well, according to Wikipedia, the Hebrew Roots Movement is a religious movement that advocates adherence to the Torah and believes in Yeshua as the Messiah. Beloved, this is nothing more than a cult, a teaching, a movement of one Christ Jesus never prescribed for his followers. As well-meaning as folks may be, do not let anyone lead you astray. So before we get into all of that, let us pray. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, hallowed be thy holy name. When the Lord Jesus told us how to pray, he said, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So, Father, we see the Lord Jesus Christ, when the disciples asked him how to pray, he called you Father. Therefore, you are our Father. The Lord Jesus Christ did not give us any other name as New Testament, blood-bought, New Covenant followers of the of the Lord Jesus Christ 
who have been born again, we address you as Father. Father, as we will see with today's lesson, there is confusion going on as to what covenant do we, former former Gentiles, who did not have a covenant with you, what covenant are we under? Are we under the old covenant in which you established with Israel? Or are we under the new covenant? Because there is false teachings going on that we must still, in addition to grace, keep the Torah. Father, we see over here in Matthew 22, 36 to 40, Christ Jesus is giving us his law, the law of Christ. Verse 36, a question was asked of him. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and all and the prophets. Amen. And so, Father, we see when we keep these two commandments that our Lord Jesus Christ gave us all of the law and the prophets hang on this one law called love. It is all about love now. It is not about keeping the law, doing works in order to be justified in your sight. Father, we know the purpose of the law. We know it from Galatians 3.24. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. So in order for the law to still be active, we are still waiting on Christ to come. But we know Christ came. Scripture tells us that the law was put in place until Christ came. The problem that's going on with Torah keepers, Father, is that they debunk the majority, if not all, of what Paul teaches in the New Testament. I say this is satanic because they have to debunk what Paul says because Paul, in all of his letters, is telling us. Because coming from him being a Jew, as he, as he 
calls himself a Hebrew of Hebrews. He knew the law. He was a Pharisee, a Pharisee of Pharisees. And so now that we are in Christ, we don't have to keep the law. So I see why they they come against the teachings of Paul because Paul is letting us know we do not have to keep the law, that the law was brought to a close by Jesus Christ. So, Father, I ask for wisdom today, clarification, and discernment. There are many well-meaning brothers and sisters in the body of Christ who are being led astray by this cult movement because that's what it is. It is not of God and it is not of Christ. Forgive us, Father. Forgive us for any false teachings that we hold on to believing This comes from you. May we all get clarification today, Father. May the Holy Spirit move on me. Give the body of Christ illumination as to the true teachings of Jesus Christ. And I ask this in Jesus' mighty name. I pray. Amen. Amen. Beloved. We must get established that the New Testament saints are not required, commanded, nor instructed to keep the law. The law, for those who may not know this, the law is those 613 commandments, laws, audiences, that were given to Israel by Moses, who received it from the Lord via an angel. These laws were given to Israel by Moses at the foot of Mount Sinai. This established the covenant between the Lord God Almighty and the children of Israel, whom he had with an outstretched mighty arm delivered them out of 400 plus years of slavery and bondage in Egypt with all of its paganistic, narcissistic, godless, devil-worshipping of false gods, graven image, idol-loving pharaohs. So let us establish what the new covenant is by going to the word of God. Amen. If we if we turn to Luke chapter 22, because over there it is talking about preparing the Passover, right? So now the feast, no, now the festival of unleavened bread, which is called The Passover was approaching. The chief priests and the scribes were looking for a way to put him to death. 
talking about Jesus, obviously, for they were afraid of the people who listened devotely to his teaching and who respected his spiritual wisdom. Amen. Amen. Then Satan entered Judas, the one called Iscariot, who was one of the twelve disciples, and he went away and discussed with the chief priest and officers how he might betray him and hand him over to them. They were delighted and agreed with him to give him money. So he consented and began looking for a good opportunity to betray Jesus to them. At a time when he was separated from the crowd because the people might riot or stop them from seizing him. Mm-hmm. Then came the preparation day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Verse 8. So Jesus sent Peter and John saying, Go and prepare the Passover meal for us so that we may eat it. Amen. And so if we come down to verse 14, This is about the Lord's Supper. And we are going to see from these scriptures when the new covenant was established. When the hour for the meal had come, Jesus reclined at the table and the apostles with him. He said to them, I have earnestly wanted to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Amen. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he said, take this and share it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup which is poured out for you, is the new covenant ratified. And what does ratify mean? Well, it means assign or give formal formal consent to. It means to confirm something, to approve it, to sanction it, to endorse it, to authorize it, to validate it, to recognize, certify, and formalize. Mm-hmm. So when Lord Jesus says, this cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant ratified, this means that he is 
authorizing, setting into place the new covenant. Is the new covenant ratified in my blood? Therefore, beloved, we are under a new covenant, a blood covenant in which Jesus ratifies at this supper. Verse 21, but listen, the hand of the one betraying me is with mine on the table. For indeed, the son of man is going as it has been determined. But woe, judgment is coming to that man by whom he is betrayed and handed over. And they began to discuss among themselves which one of them it might be who was going to do this. Amen. And so we see when the new covenant, the blood covenant was established. Beloved, the new covenant or New Testament is the promise that God makes with humanity that he will forgive sin and restore fellowship with those whose hearts are turned in repentance toward him. The Lord Jesus Christ is the mediator of the new covenant and his death on the cross is the basis of the promise. Look, Luke twenty-two twenty. I just read it. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Amen. The new covenant was predicted while the old covenant was still in effect. The prophets Moses, Jeremiah, Ezekiel all allude to the new covenant. You have to understand that the old covenant that God had established with Israel required strict obedience to the Mosaic law because the wages of sin is death. Romans 6.23 the law required that Israel, not the Gentiles, because what's happening is that some believe that we Gentiles must keep the law in addition to grace. And this is the same problem that Paul faced when he was setting up the early churches. The law required that Israel perform daily sacrifices in order to atone for sin. But Moses, through whom God established the old covenant, also anticipated the, the new covenant. In one, listen, in one of his final addresses to the nation of Israel, Moses looks forward to a time when Israel would be given a heart to understand. Deuteronomy 29, 4. 
But to this day, the Lord has not given you a heart to understand or eyes to see or ears to hear. Amen. Moses predicts that Israel would fail, would fail in keeping the old covenant. Read on down to verses 22 to 28 of Deuteronomy 29. Amen. So it just boggles the mind that if Israel could not keep the law, what makes you think you can keep it? You cannot. And this is why these Torah keepers and teachers come against the letters of Paul in the New Testament because he tells us if you keep any one of those laws, you must keep all of them. Not only keep them, but keep them in the way that they were instituted to Israel. Israel could not could not take shortcuts. You must have cattle. You must have agriculture in order to sacrifice and you must have a high priest to bring these things to them to cleanse you of your sins. No, thank you, Holy Spirit. You cannot have your cake and eat it too. You can't have the the all-sufficient death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, that through repentance, you can receive salvation through his blood where your past sins can be forgiven, but then you want to hang on to the law. Well, which is it? Are you a Jew that you can trace your bloodline all the way past Jesus, past King David, past Moses, straight to Abraham? Can you? No, you cannot chronicle your bloodline from your father's 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 father all the way back to Abraham. Absolutely not. You and I are Gentiles. We were never given the law. Don't believe me? Study. Let me give you some scriptures here. Romans 2.14, Romans 15.9, Psalms 147.19, Matthew 5.47, Galatians 4.8-9, and many others. We were not given the law. So, since Israel could not keep the law, well, Moses predicted that they wouldn't be able to keep it. Again, Deuteronomy 29 verses 22 to 28. But, but he then sees a time of restoration. Deuteronomy 30, 1 through 5. Listen, at that time, Moses says, The Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants so that you may love him with all of your heart, with all of your soul and live. Amen. That's in verse six of Deuteronomy 30. The new covenant involves 
a total change of heart. Repentance. Once you change your mind, your thinking, your heart will change. Amen. So that God's people are naturally pleasing to him. See, this is all about love. It is not about the written code. The written code will always lead to death if you try to keep it and fail. This is all about love because the law of Christ is love. Loving God with everything within you and loving your neighbor as you love yourself. Because when when you walk in love like that, in obedience, you are not going to sin against God. If so facto, you will, in essence, be keeping the Ten Commandments. Because the first couple, the first, what, five or four or whatever of them is all about loving God, not worshiping false gods, not calling his, um, taking his name in vain, not worshiping graven images and idols. And then the, the rest is dealing with relationships, people, honoring mother and father, not committing murder, not committing adultery, not bearing false witness against your uh, neighbor, brethren, not coveting. So, Love, all the law hangs on love. Amen. Not not only Moses, but the prophet Jeremiah also predicted the new covenant. He said, the day will come, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. And then he goes on to say, but this, but this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Amen. Jeremiah 31, 31, as well as verse 33. Listen, just so we can all be clear and be on one accord. The Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ came to fulfill the law of Moses. Matthew 5, 17. Jesus said, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Amen. And that is what he did. Fulfill means to complete. Because we see over here in Galatians 3.24 that the law was our guardian. Because this this is Paul speaking. Because he don't forget, right? Paul was a Jew, who was under the law. So he's saying that the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. He didn't say so that we may be justified 
ju- uh, justified by Sabbath keeping, tithing, and keeping Ten Commandments. No. Listen. Christ Jesus came to fulfill the law of Moses, and he did that perfectly. He also came to establish the new covenant between God and his people. Listen, the old covenant was written in stone, but the new covenant is written on our hearts. Entering the new covenant is made possible only by faith in Christ, who shed his blood to take away the sins of the world. John 1 the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him. This is John the Baptist, right? Referring to John the Baptist. The next day he, John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Amen. Again, Luke twenty-two twenty establish and relates how Jesus at the Last Supper takes the cup and says, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood, is the new covenant in my blood, the new covenant in my blood. Jesus Christ, wake up, beloved. Jesus Christ has now established a new covenant. Why? Because the old covenant is completed. It is finished. His last words on the cross, it is finished. So I don't know how much clearer can that be. Listen, it is satanic for your eyes to be blinded to what Jesus just said. And you are the one who loves Jesus. I know you love Jesus. And and I know you long to obey him. So if he's telling you that The old covenant has been fulfilled. This is the new covenant. Believe him. Just like you believe his other teachings, don't you? Don't you believe that if a man looks upon a woman with lust, that he should pluck out his eyes rather than commit adultery in his heart? You believe that, don't you? You believe that his death, burial, and resurrection set you free from the bondage of sin and that you are no longer a slave to sin. Sin is no longer your master. You believe that, don't you? You believe when he teaches on divorce and remarriage that if you have a living spouse and you remarry, You commit adultery. You believe that, don't you? Then why don't you believe when he says this is the new covenant? He doesn't make mention 
of you also keeping the old covenant. Where are you hearing this from? I'm going to tell you where, where you are hearing this from. Blind guys. You are hearing this nonsense from those Satan has put purposely in place to confuse you about the gospel. To, to blind your mind to this easy to understand fact. In Christ's blood, he establishes the new covenant. The new covenant is also mentioned in Ezekiel 36, 26 to 27. Listen, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. Amen. I will remove from you your your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit in you and move you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Amen. And he is not talking about keeping those 613 laws of Moses. Listen, this is a prophecy that in that day, talking about once Christ, the Messiah, the long-awaited promised Messiah, when he when he shows up, when the kingdom of God literally touched down on the earth. And he did show up. And this is the day when that stony heart will be replaced with a new heart, a repentant heart that is moldable, teachable, pliable, bendable to God's law, which is what Christ told us to love God with our whole hearts, mind, soul, and strength. And to love our brethren, our neighbor, as we love ourselves. Christ told us on those two commandments, hang all the law and all the writings of the prophets. Amen. So, Ezekiel lists several aspects of the new covenant. A new heart a new spirit, the indwelling Holy Spirit, and true holiness. Listen, the Mosaic law could provide none of these things. Listen, Romans 3.20, For by works of, of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. Amen. Beloved, I don't know where you are getting this teaching from that you must keep the law in addition, in addition to your salvation, which was given to you freely by God's grace when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Whoever is teaching you this I, I tell you, I stand flat-footed 
in the truth of the word of God come out from amongst them. You are in danger. Listen, we cannot be playing around with the law. We, again, New Testament, born again, believers, followers of the Lord Jesus Christ who shed his blood for you are not required to keep any of the law. Listen, the new covenant was originally given to Israel and includes a promise of fruitfulness, blessing, and a peaceful existence in the promised land. But what happened? Those who were in the wilderness failed to enter into the promised land. Why? Because of unbelief. Unbelief. Mm-hmm. Listen, in Ezekiel 36, 28 to 30, God says, then you will live. Listen, listen to this. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. Amen. And then he goes on to say, I will call for the grain and make it plentiful and you will not bring famine. No, and will not bring famine upon you. I will increase the fruit of the trees and the crops of the field so that you will no longer suffer disgrace among the nations because of famine. Amen. Listen, Deuteronomy 30 verses 1 through 5 contains similar promises related to Israel under the new covenant. Listen, after the resurrection of Christ, Gentiles were brought into the blessing of the new covenant too. Acts 10 study, Ephesians 2, 13 to 14. Listen, Acts 10 says, at Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort, a devout man who fears God with all his household, with all his household gave alms generously to the people and prayed continually to God. Study that whole chapter. Read it from verses 1 to 48. I don't have that kind of time today. But listen. Ephesians 2, 13 to 14. Because beloved, listen. If you want to get set free from the false teachings of these Torah keepers, study Galatians chapters 2, 3, and 5. Study Ephesians chapters. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Study Ephesians 2, 3, and 5. Study the book of Galatians. Study Colossians. Study Romans. Study all the letters of Paul. Listen, Ephesians, what I say, 2, 13 to 14. Listen, but now in Christ Jesus. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace 
who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Amen. Paul is talking to us as Gentiles that how we were once far off, meaning we didn't have the covenant. We didn't have the Torah. We didn't have them 613 laws. We were alienated from the commonwealth of God. We were out in this world just being pagans, Greek philosophers who worshipped all kinds of demigods. We, we didn't have covenant with holy God until Christ Jesus. Listen, the fulfillment of the new covenant will be seen in two places. On earth, during the millennial kingdom, and in heaven for all eternity. Listen, we are no longer nor have we ever been under the law, but under grace. Romans 6, 14 to 15. For sin will have no domin um, for sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Okay, because this is what Torah keepers love to say why we must keep the law. Paul is about to address it, address it over here. What then are we to sin because we are not under law, but under grace? Absolutely not by no means. So Torah keepers rest assured. We have enough sense because we know God ain't playing with that lake of fire. We do not, nor will we want to take his amazing grace as a license to sin because that's the, the meat of that whole cult. So listen, the old covenant, the old covenant, the old covenant has served its purpose and it has been replaced by a better covenant don't believe me hebrew 7:22 this make jesus the guarantor of a better covenant amen believe it i mean beloved believe hebrews 8:26 listen to this in fact the ministry in fact, the ministry Jesus had, listen, if I can get this out. But as it is, Christ has obtained. This is Hebrews 8, 6, right? Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old as the covenant he mediates is better since it is enacted on better promises. Amen. Don't you want better promises? Don't you want to live a life of eternal life? Whereas by the love and mercy and loving kindness of God, that even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Don't, 
Don't you want the promise of eternal life that you don't have to stick to a strict code? That if you don't do A, B, and C, then you are not justified before a holy God and you will go straight to hell. Folks, listen, grace is so much more better by obeying God in love. We keep the Ten Commandments without having the penalty of death hanging over your head. Because if you participate in those laws, you are under a curse and the blood of Jesus will be null and void in your life. Amen. That's why this is dangerous. You are on Satan's turf by keeping the law. The purpose of the law was to highlight and illustrate sin. Mm-hmm. Because prior to the law, there was no consequence for sin because there was no law. Once the law was enacted, sin arised. Sin was like, okay, well, let's get the party started. Because if you don't keep them laws by sinning, then you will die. You will be eternally separated from God in the lake of fire. Does that not sound satanic? Does that not sound like right where Satan wants you to be? Blinded. On your way again back to hell because you are trying to keep these laws. Listen, there is a curse attached to the law. There is a penalty attached to it. And if you claim to be a Torah keeper, calling yourself all kinds of Jewish names, the blood of Jesus will be null and void in your life. You cannot be under two covenants. No, I do not care. Let, let me pull this mic a little closer. I don't care what you have been taught. You have been taught wrong. If you love Jesus, if you have truly repented of your sins, the blood of Jesus cleanse you from all unrighteousness and free you from keeping the law again of which we were not given it to keep. Amen. Beloved. <clears throat> I'm going over this new covenant in detail so that you will no longer be led astray. Our responsibility is to exercise faith in Christ the one who fulfilled the law on our behalf and brought an end to the law's sacrifices through his own sacrificial death. Through the life-given Holy Spirit who lives in all believers of Jesus Christ, we share in the inheritance of Christ and enjoy a permanent unbroken fellowship with God when we keep ourselves out of willful sin. Amen. And so with that being said, this is what's going on. 
So at a glance, before we get into the madness, this is what we are dealing with currently in the body of Christ. We got certain Jewish teachings that are elevated to the level of scripture. Therefore, we have Torah keepers, Torah observants, who teach that along with grace, we must keep and adhere to the first five books of the Bible called the Torah. That grace alone is not sufficient unless you also keep the laws of Moses, namely tithing, Sabbath keeping, keeping the Ten Commandments. They teach that without holding on to these laws, we will take God's grace as a license to sin. In essence, saying that we need more restraint in order to be made right with God. Mm-hmm. I told you, maddening, maddening. Now, keep in mind, as much as they want to hold on to the law, they won't be able to keep it. Israel couldn't keep it. These who, these who claim we must keep the law are in willful sin. Check their lives, just like sin was in Israel's life lives. That's why they couldn't keep it. Why do you think a person can't keep the law? Why is it? No, let me rephrase that. Why is it that they are not keeping the law? You want to know why? Because they are sinning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This is why Israel could not keep the law. This is why they could not fully obey God because they were in willful sin. Only Christ Jesus, who was sinless, was able to keep the law. Amen. And, and by the way, we must address this issue because I see this everywhere. Social media, I... I Everywhere these Torah keepers are, are, they call God by those Hebrew names that he revealed of himself to Israel. Folks, in the New Testament, the Lord Jesus Christ called God our Father who are in heaven. Those of us who are born again and have his spirit live on the inside of us, given to us as a down payment, it can, the Holy Spirit confirms to us that we are children of God in which we cry out, Abba, Father. We call God Father. Therefore, this is the same name that we call God, Father. Not Yah, not Yahweh. We don't refer to Jesus Christ as Yeshua. Torah keepers wanting to keep the law is in effect saying that grace and all of its sufficiency is not enough to keep someone from sinning. 
Well, Paul answered that question, what, close to, what, almost 2,000 years ago? He said, absolutely not. We don't take God's grace, grace alone. We don't take that as a license to sin. Paul says, I, Paul said, I beat my body. I keep the flesh under subjection. Why? Having preached the gospel that he himself may be a castaway. Paul got it. And, and he, and he gave the, the golden nugget to us. Absolutely not. So again, Torah keeper, rest assured, you, you can rest your, your pretty little head. We don't take God's grace as a license to sin. You want to know why? We put the flesh on the facts. The unrighteous will not inherit God's kingdom. So back it up. Back it up. Listen. We need, according to Torah keepers, we need the stringent control. Along with the curse comes the penalty of not being able to keep all the law, all 613, which is God's judgment of death. They say we must keep the law, right? Failing to teach that Jesus paid this penalty on our behalf. What penalty? The penalty of death, which is what? Because if you don't keep the law in all of its entirety, you face God's curse, eternal judgment. So, they fail to teach that Christ came and paid the penalty in all of its sufficiency once and for all. Amen. Torah keepers and those of that cult movement say that New Testament believers must also adhere to those stringent controls that were over Israel in order for us to maintain the straight and narrow path that leads to eternal life. So this is what we are dealing with, folks. And not only that, the, the Hebrew Roots Movement misunderstands the extent and scope of the Mosaic Law. Completely. Listen, the Jerusalem Council. See, this is why we must study over there in Acts chapter 15. Rejected the notion that Gentile believers must follow the law of Moses. Beloved, you must study Acts 15 because it was going down about this whole topic even then. And it was put to bed at this historic council meeting. It is interesting to note that the issue 
the Jerusalem Council was dealing with is still very much an issue in the church today. There are groups still teaching that Christians must obey the Old Testament law, whether it is the Sabbath day or food laws or all of the Old Testament law outside of the sacrificial system. There are groups that declare observance of the law is either required for salvation or at least a crucial important aspect of the Christian life. And sadly, sadly, these groups either completely ignore or grossly misinterpret the decision of the Jerusalem Council. The specific goal of the Jerusalem Council was to decide what aspects, if any, if any of the Old Testament law, Christians must observe. The Jerusalem Council, for the sake of melding the Jewish and Gentile cultures within the Antioch church, said that the Gentiles should eschew their former pagan practices associated with idolatry. Eschew means to abstain from, refrain from. So the council was saying that Gentiles must abstain from their former from their from their former pagan practices associated with idolatry. There was no mention of the Sabbath whatsoever. Further, the Jerusalem Council made it abundantly clear that these rules were not requirements for salvation by reaffirming that salvation is by grace for both Jews and Gentiles. Go to Acts 15.11. Go there. How many arguments would be solved if the church today would simply follow the principles set by the Jerusalem Council? And not to mention, adhere to the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ and his apostles. Start there. So, some of you may want some more detail about what is the Hebrew Hebrew Roots Movement. Because let me tell you something, folks. It is vast. I see it all the time over there on Facebook. People are calling Jesus by his Hebrew name. They call in the Father by Hebrew names. Claiming that this is in order to show proper respect. We must call him by those Jewish names. Folks, those names were given to Israel to call God by. If we follow Jesus Christ, then we follow what he does and what he did when he walked the earth. If he called God Father, then we call God Father. He did not say call him anything else but our Father who art in heaven. That is how we pray. So, 
the premise, okay, the premise of the Hebrew Roots Movement is the belief that the church has veered far from the true teachings and Hebrew concepts of the Bible. And this is what got them all in a twist about. This is their, this is their bee in their bonnet that somehow, somewhere along the way, that the church has veered far from the quote-unquote true teachings and Hebrew concepts of the Bible. Mm -hmm. This movement maintains that Christianity has been indoctrinated with the culture and beliefs of Greek and Roman philosophy and that ultimately biblical Christianity taught in churches today has been corrupted with a pagan intim um, um with a pagan imitation of the new testament gospels no it hasn't folks i listen this is so satanic on its face can't you see the division and the factions that that is going on listen this is the works of the flesh. You will perish. This is dividing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This is dividing the body. You are, in fact, saying that Christ's all-sufficient death, burial, and resurrection, that his sacrifice, which is good for all time, is not sufficient. Y'all better repent. That is a work of the flesh. This is factions. This is divisions. Listen, those of the Hebrew roots belief hold to the teaching that Christ's death on the cross did not end the Mosaic covenant, but instead renewed it. So then why did Jesus said it is finished? He didn't say to be continued. Absolutely not. He said it is finished. Amen. So they believe that his death did not bring an end to the old covenant, but instead renewed it expanded its message, and wrote it on the hearts of his true followers. And I put that in quotes, air quotes. True followers, because you see, along with being a Torah keeper comes pride. Pride and arrogance. Because they believe holding on to these laws put them in a better position than us followers. They believe that because they keep the law, that, that they have better standing with God. No, you don't. You all are on a fast crash collision course with hell's fire if you don't stop it and come out of this satanic movement. It makes no sense. Listen, they teach that the understanding of the New Testament can only come from a, he a Hebrew perspective and that 
the teachings of the Apostle Paul are not understood clearly or taught correctly by Christian pastors today. Now, it's being taught correctly. Yeah, because see, they misinterpret and twist what Paul has taught. And therefore, they say, well, well, we are being taught incorrectly by the teachings of Paul. Can't you see the mass confusion that is going on? Our God is not the author of confusion. This is straight from Satan's playbook, beloved. Listen, many affirm the existence of an original Hebrew language, New Testament. And in some cases, they want to hold on to the fact that the New Testament written in Greek is not correct. They actually belittle it. They diminish it. They speak ill of it. They attack it. They come against the holiness and the correctness of it all. They have to. They have to pour mud on the teachings of Paul in order to continue to indoctrinate you with this heresy, with with all of their cult indoctrinations. Yes, you are being heavily indoctrinated. Mm-hmm. And not only that, they say that the Greek text is unreliable and it has been corrupted and is charged by some. The church no longer has a standard of truth. Well, so these are their opinions about the body of Christ that as if they are are rescuing us from all of this of all of this false doctrine all of this misinterpretation of the Greek language and that when it was translated from Greek to English that it got corrupted it got distorted and so in order to quote unquote help us out that they say well you must keep the old command i mean th- that you must keep the the old covenant that we must keep the laws because it was written correctly and therefore if you don't follow any of the law then you are not a true christian as if they could make that determination thank you holy spirit hello Hello, the New Testament tells us it is the Holy Spirit who confirms whether or not you are a child of God. I hate to break it to you, Torah keeper, but the Lord Jesus Christ did not transfer the Holy Spirit's authority onto you, whereby you can tell us who who is a child of God of God and who is not a child of God and you are over there breaking all of those commandments you are trying to keep let me help you out Torah keeper 
You are not keeping the law correctly. You are not Sabbathing correctly. You are not tithing correctly. And you are not keeping all of the Ten Commandments. In order to properly Sabbath keep, there must be sacrifice of an animal. Well, we don't have to keep it like that. Says who? God did not change them laws. I only hear you changing laws. Well, this is this is the 21st century. We we can't slaughter animals. Well, then then you need to come out from up under them laws because that's what the law dictates. Animal sacrifices. Christ Jesus is the last lamb to be slain. Amen. Folks, listen. Okay. I get it. Aside from the madness, I get it. That because we do have the Bible and we read all the accounts going on under the Old Covenant. And we do have interest about the culture of of Israel, about Jerusalem about how King David loved the Lord. And when we read Psalms, we we want to be there. For the most part, we want to love God with absolute devotion. So, I mean, you know, I get it, but that's not how you show devotion to God by adhering to a covenant that is done away with. Listen, the Hebrew Hebrew roots assemblies, because there, there are many different factions, right? Some adhere to just the Ten Commandments portion, and some may adhere to only the first five books of the Bible, which is called the Torah, and some adhere to all of them, right? For the majority of those in this movement make up the majority of Gentiles, including Gentile rabbis. Usually they prefer to be identified as Messianic Christians, quote unquote. Many have come to the conclusion that God has called them, quote unquote, called them to be Jewish. Wow, I told you, you are not a Jew. If you can't trace your bloodline all the way back there to Abraham, no, you're not. And no, God did not call you to be a Jew. Nope, absolutely not. And so they believe God has called them to be Jewish and have accepted the theological position that the Torah is equally binding on on Gentiles and Jews alike. They often wear articles of traditional Jewish clothing, practice divinic dancing. You know how, how David danced? They be doing all of that. And incorporate Hebrew names and phrases into their writing and conversations. Most reject the use of the name Jesus in favor of Yeshua or 
Y-H-W-H, Yahweh, claiming that these are the true names that God desires for himself. In most cases, they elevate the Torah as the foundational teaching for the church, which brings about the demotion of the New Testament, causing it to become secondary in importance and only to be understood in the light of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. I told you, ridiculous. Yeah, the idea that the New Testament is faulty and relevant only in light of the, of the Old Testament has also brought the doctrine of the Trinity under attack by many advocates of this Hebrew roots movement. Folks, let me just bring this to a close because all you have to do is Google, go on YouTube, and you will see that this movement is not of God. Nope. You want to know something else? They believe they believe that Gentile believers are not grafted into the Judaism of the Mosaic Covenant. They are grafted into the seed and fa- no, 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 no. Hold on. Let's let me back that up. This is what they need to understand. Okay, I stand corrected. Hold on. Okay. Gentile believers, we we are not grafted into the law of Moses. We were never grafted into that covenant. But we are grafted into the seed and faith of Abraham, which preceded the law and Jewish customs. We are fellow citizens with the saints, both Jew and Gentile. But we are not Jews. Neither are Jews Gentiles. So we do not need to seek to be to be spiritually circumcised. I mean, because, you know, there will be no cutting of the flesh, but we cannot equate our salvation under Jewish laws. Neither can a Jew equate their laws laws with a Gentile. Folks. The mystery that Paul revere, I mean, that Paul reveals is that both Greek and Jew has both been grafted into one body, the body of Christ, of which Christ Jesus is the head. Because these Torah keepers believe that Keeping the law is walking a higher path and and is the only way to, to please God and receive his blessings. Nowhere in the Bible do we find Gentile believers being instructed to follow Levitical laws or Jewish 
customs. In fact, the opposite is taught. Romans 7, 6 says, But now by dying to what once bound us, we have been released. We have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not and not in the old way of the written code. Amen. Listen, I'm going to leave you all with this because I pray by Christ's Holy Spirit that you understand fully we are under a new covenant, the, the blood covenant. We are not under the old covenant for nothing, for anything that we need to keep that was given to Israel. You are not a Jew. You were not born a Jew. You are a Gentile who was not given these laws to keep. Nowhere along the line did it suddenly change. We didn't become followers of Jesus only to go back to the law. It was settled at the the Jerusalem Council because that was an issue. Do new believing Gentiles, do they have to keep the law like we had? um, And and I'm saying we, meaning these Jews, this were their, their argument that, I mean, their question, do new converts, new believing Gentiles, do they have to keep the law like how we had to keep it? They had a meeting, they had a powwow, and the verdict was no. And it was, I believe, like three things. Study Acts 15 of what of what the Jewish council determined about the Gentiles in relation to keeping any of the law. And the takeaway was no. It is by grace and grace alone. Not by works of the law are we saved. Nope. So. I wanted to say something else. What was it? Mm. Well. Christ in keeping perfectly every ordinance of the Mosaic law, completely fulfilled it. I know I sound like a parrot, but I must. If that, if that is what's going to open up your eyes and realize you must come out from under those teachings, come out. Listen, I love you, beloved. And I don't want to see you back on the path to hell. I know you love Jesus. I know you want to obey him. Then do it. Believe. Belief also means to obey. So, since he completely fulfilled it, we must, we must look at this analogy. And then I'm going to let y'all go. I'm going to let you go. Listen to this analogy. Just as making the final payment on a home fulfills that contract and 
ends one's obligation to it, so also Christ has made the final payment and and has fulfilled the law, bringing it to an end for for us all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I gotta go. I'm getting tired. I'm getting tired, and I need to rest. But listen, beloved, you gotta understand that Christ died and paid the penalty for your sin. We are not under Old Testament law. We don't have to keep them. And don't and do not elevate yourself among other brethren that because you keep the law and that you you don't eat certain foods because you are keeping Jewish dietary laws that you are somehow better. That's pride. And you will not make it into the kingdom of God because of pride. Keep that in mind and come out from amongst these false teachers. We only got one teacher, the Holy Spirit. And what he teaches is not Never will it be a lie. You are being led astray. I am exhorting you. Come out from amongst that demonic, satanic, Hebrew roots movement today. Today should be the last day that you allow yourself to be indoctrinated further. Amen. Amen. Father. In the name of Christ Jesus, thank you so much that Romans 10, 4 tells us for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Amen. Galatians 5, 4 tells us that anyone attempting to be justified by the law is alienated from Christ and we have fallen from grace. Amen. And then we have Galatians 3.10 that clearly states, if you attempt to do any of the law, you must do them all. Amen. And then we have Romans 8.15, for you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption, of adoption, adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that the Holy Spirit, and I pray, will bring into every true born-again believer in Christ remembrance all what Jesus said and how loving God with everything within us will restrain us from following after other gods and disobeying him. And we will love our neighbor but by not committing sins against them and with them. So we see that under grace, through Christ's finished work at the cross, all the law is fulfilled. Not abolished, but completed by Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, who lived a perfect and sinless life in the body of a man when you walked on this earth, Father. Thank you. 
Thank you. Because we know the law is holy and righteous and good. But it will judge the law breaker. I pray that gets in. Glory be to you, Father, that in Christ we have been set free from the penalty, from not being able to keep the whole law, which is death, eternal separation from you in hell, and then on to the lake of fire. Thank you, Lord. Have mercy on us all. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, beloved. There we have it. Another one in the can. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Do not be deceived. Bad company. Keeping company with these Torah keepers is bad company. Bad company will corrupt your good morals. Arise to righteousness. Come to your senses as you ought to and stop sinning. Study 1 Corinthians 15, 33 to 34. And Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. guys for tuning in i truly appreciate all your support until next time i'll be talking to y'all soon bye